You're listening to the Healing Birth with Carla podcast, and I'm your host, Carla Sargent. For the past decade, I've been working in the field of birth trauma support and education, utilizing my background in midwifery and teaching, and putting my passion for story sharing to good use. This podcast seeks to dispel common myths surrounding birth trauma and what it takes to heal. Each week, we'll be spending an insightful and inspiring hour together, listening to the stories of people who have journeyed from trauma to healing, and discussing the insights of birth keepers who support others to heal. Whether you're new to the world of birth, a long-time parent, or someone who has an insatiable appetite for all things birth-related, this podcast offers hope and love, guidance and peace, as together we explore how healing our earth begins with healing birth. But before we grace your ears with today's episode, I'm going to take this opportunity to say that if you're inspired to heal with me, or to train with me, or if you have a healing story that you'd like to share on my podcast, reach out to me via my website healingbirth.co.nz. Well, that's a bit cute, having that at the start of our <laughs> podcast episode. That's little four-month-old baby Joey, who the gorgeous Bella from At Boldly She, my my very dear friend and fellow birth worker, is here with us today um, sharing the story of her birth. Now, if you haven't already listened to the previous two episodes that I did with Bella, um, they were during her pregnancy with Joey, where she shared about her traumatic birth experience with Molly and then about her plans for a, a wild pregnancy and free birth with this pregnancy or this baby. Um, and so, and she said that she was, that the intention was to. Um, share her birth story after it had happened and so here we are now and it's it's four months since joey is born and um i'm sure bella will share but she's felt she needed that that time to uh to integrate the journey and feel ready to um yeah open up about her experience so i'm um yeah i'm really really Oh, so excited to be here with her in her home. Um, I have heard Joey's birth story <laughs> already, but I'm looking forward to hearing it again and um, and really excited for you all who are listening um, to, to get to hear this really um, inspirational story. Um, but also, yeah, Bella and I were talking before we began this recording, a little bit about how, yeah, we're mindful that sometimes shared stories of really um, empowered birthing or other aspects of our, like, I guess, empowerment in this, um, in this sphere can be really challenging for people to hear. They can feel like, um quite triggering um like perhaps there's 
a sense of being judged for choosing a different path for themselves or um, self-judgment that might play out. And so, yeah, we, we talked about how uh you know i think these are still really really important stories to share and that i guess the opportunity or the invitation arises when we do find ourselves feeling triggered um to explore that a little bit deeper and to see whether there's perhaps something more to unpack there that yeah, this is this is surfaced for a reason. Um, so yeah, welcome Bella. <laughs> so nice to have have this opportunity. Um, and yeah, perhaps perhaps we just start off with sharing. It sounds like Joey wants to take over the conversation. <laughs> um, start by hearing about the last maybe a couple of months of your pregnancy, if there's anything that stands out that you want to share around that. Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me back on. Um, it's only right, I suppose, that Joey is here with us. After all, these podcasts have been talking about him and his journey to this world. So, yeah, it's lovely to have you here in my home. Um yeah, so the end of my pregnancy, the last few months was summertime, feels like forever ago now. Um, moving through Christmas and the new year, um, probably one thing of note that stands out is Molly turned two at the start of February. And so we'd been in our home here for um, nearly a year at that point, and we hadn't yet um honored her her placenta or what what was left of it um I did consume some of it in smoothies during my early postpartum um but I'd kept some um in the cord and the sack and the blood and things and I wanted to return it to the earth um to help ground her being and and to help honor that placenta and so that was something that was really important to me that we did around her second birthday um, so, yeah, we chose a tree together as a family and um, she helped us dig a hole and, um, yeah, just did like a small little family kind of ceremony around it. But that was something which I really wanted to do before our next baby joined us. Um, and just to also kind of mark her transition into being an older sibling. Um, so, yeah, that was that was really beautiful to do um and yeah I guess just towards the end of my pregnancy just really trying to honor that time with Molly as my only child as um yeah just to just to hold her and becoming a big sister um knowing that we wouldn't again have you know that fullness of time where it was just the two or the three of us including my husband um I am myself the oldest in, in my family. I've got younger brothers. And so I've, I guess it's, it's hard for me not to consider my own experience when I when I think about Molly. So, yeah, honouring her transition to being a big sister felt like a little bit um, of tending to my little inner self, mm -hmm. um, knowing how big it was to, 
to become a big sister too and just the the responsibility that comes with being the oldest sibling inherently so yeah it was a really beautiful time just soaking up life as a family um just the family of three that we were yeah what were your plans you might have talked about it previously but what were your plans for molly for joey's birth i kind of it was pretty loose really i i had a few options figured out i knew that um, i could call on my in-laws that live up the road to come and get her if um i needed that support um but i did really hope that she would be present um in some capacity and that yeah that she would be fine um with it but it was nice to have that back up just in case um yeah it just didn't feel like it was flowing at the time Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um should I go into my birth story and yeah I I wondered if you wanted to share anything about your mother blessing yeah yeah definitely um I yeah I've been so blessed to connect with you and um our our wider group of beautiful birth workers in New Zealand and the sisters that I've journeyed with um through your birth trauma course and Sophia's doula training um as well as the beautiful friends I've made through my motherhood journey so um yeah I I really wanted um to have like a a woman's circle kind of experience to honor the end of my pregnancy my upcoming birth and I felt so fortunate to have such beautiful soulful women in my life who I could trust to yeah just throw something together and just let it flow on the day and I was just so blown away by by how it all came together um yeah just it was just everything I could have wished for just all of these beautiful women and in my house um yeah the little craft activities that we did um you guys mixing up some bath salts for me and threading um a crystal beaded mala with beautiful intentions and just yeah sharing sharing your blessings um spoken over me um and yeah Alex giving me some Reiki and you doing a bit of palpating on my belly which was really cool using your midwifery skills um obviously having having a wild pregnancy I hadn't engaged with any um midwifery care I didn't have any tests or scans so I was just connecting with my intuition about baby's positioning and baby's well-being and health and um and also was blessed to be supported by my chiropractor um who was amazing as well but yeah to have you feel baby and sort of I remember you saying like yeah confirming my thoughts that he was head down and where his back was and stuff but I remember you saying that you thought he was quite a good size and and um yeah no that was really special um it's really special for me too it's something I really miss you know like it was a beautiful part of midwifery was that um the honour and privilege of getting to palpate to feel pregnant bellies. <laughs> yeah. 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 I loved um I loved that we did that like tying just a, a red thread around um our wrist mm. and we each 
yeah, initially it was all like we were in a circle and we hadn't cut the threads. We just kind of wrapped them around our arm. Mm. And and there was, I think Megan said a really lovely kind of, mm. um, yeah, a blessing. Mm. Um, and then we cut them and tied them and we kept them on until after your birth. And it's just this like really beautiful way, like this constant reminder, because of course you always, you know, looking down and seeing this thread around your wrist and being reminded of um you yeah. have Bella and tapping in and just um yeah, yeah. I love that I, yeah I still have my thread actually with some of my other goodies from my altar that now sits on my desk um yeah it is a really beautiful little token just to oh. remind us about <clears throat> our shared femininity and power and mm. and just the power of of positive energy and intention yeah yeah I think um I think you talked about it in a previous episode but just is there any um like I know you were really firm or clear around the importance of boundaries um what you you know protecting your energy protecting your your mind space I guess around um around your plans to birth your way and um yeah is there anything that came up in those last couple of months that was challenging in that sort of regard or did had you really laid the foundations and people were pretty mm. really good at respecting that yeah, I I will say that people were very good at respecting it. Um, throughout my whole pregnancy and since, I haven't had a single person tell me that I was irresponsible, or reckless, or you know, share their opinions with me, which I feel blessed by. Um, I'm sure there's people out there that hold them. I think just in general, like like any pregnancy journey and any preparation for birth. There's so much work that goes into cultivating a strong mindset, um, both, you know, acquiring the knowledge and the, and the skills and the techniques that you, you know, that will support you subjectively in your journey with, with how you want to go about things. But just, yeah, I think I just really anchored into my practices um, meditation and breath work and affirmations and beautiful uplifting music just to stay keep my energy really in that focused positive place um yeah and and I will say that it wasn't particularly difficult to do so like I just really had such a strength of conviction that I knew that this was the path that Joey wanted for us and I I just had unwavering trust in my body to do this um and was supported by the knowledge I'd acquired around you know what might be required in like a contingency kind of options like you know if something was to go down a path that we hadn't planned for um but yeah just knowing that I would be in my home I didn't have to go anywhere that there was no I knew who was going to be present I knew the energies of the people that were going to be present. That was massive for me, knowing my husband's unwavering trust and faith in me and knowing the amazing space holding that Sophia does. Just, yeah, full presence and love and support and 
I knew that that's all that I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, just the absence of unknowns in that regard, I think, really was grounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love hearing you talk with such conviction about your your knowing, you know, that you knew this was what Joey wanted for his birth and for you. And, um, like, that takes work to come to that place of of really being able to trust those inner knowings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I just want to acknowledge that both because, you know, I think it's epic, right, <laughs> and, like, celebrating you in that, mm-hmm. on that front, but also just as a reminder to to people listening that this just doesn't just happen Mm. you know Mm -hmm. there is a lot of self-work you do need to create space and intention to really tune in Mm. and to to learn to listen to your body and your baby and your intuition Mm. and that takes practice especially in a culture that um largely denies the importance of these things as we're growing up yeah definitely definitely and and I think that sometimes, you know, intuition only gets talked about in the context of these really big decisions in yes. life. Yeah. Um, but I think what has helped me over the years is just strengthening that muscle daily, whether it's like, okay, what, you know, what is what does my body want today? Do, do I really want a coffee just because it's a routine? Or should I actually maybe have some lemon water? Or, you know, how how am I feeling today? Where am I at in my cycle or seasonally um do I really want to go and do a hard out workout or actually should I maybe do some yin yoga and mm-hmm. does that feel really restorative so mm-hmm. just little really little ways of tapping into mm-hmm. that inner guidance cumulatively you know you build that self-trust mm-hmm. and then you're building that trust that the universe is actually there to support you and is benevolent and loving and yeah flex the muscle in small ways before the really big ways yeah I love that I I'm um I've just started this soulful birth online like like um you know birth and postpartum preparation mm. course um and yeah it's one of the journal prompts that I gave the first um in the first week the session that we did together was um to do that to reflect on to notice you know get into like preferably a daily habit of journaling um and one of the things that you can journal on is reflecting on um when you notice your intuition um at play or um and and when you've acted on it and reflecting on how that served you Mm. or didn't serve you but I think most of us find that when we listen when we tune in and we take notice and mm-hmm. we heed that the wisdom coming through our bodies <laughs> yeah um it serves us well definitely yeah definitely and that we start to notice that feedback from the universe is very present and this yeah. is you've just prompted me to remember that through my pregnancy you know if I did have moments when I you know felt doubtful or or had some fear you know I would just sort of say a prayer or ask the universe like you know give me some strength show me that that this is the right path and that I am safe and I would always see beautiful messages around and it became a thing in my pregnancy that I would just look out the window or be looking at the ground if I'm walking around and I would see little hearts everywhere 
So it would be like, like a, you know, some drop of water had just landed in the shape of a heart mm-hmm. or there was a little stone in the shape of a heart or a leaf or or clouds in the sky, like just everywhere around me, I would see these little love hearts mm-hmm. and it was so affirming and so this beautiful experience of just knowing that I was held yeah. and safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that continued right through um, my labor, as I will share soon. Oh, amazing. Well, let's, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, when I, when I, went into labor with Molly I had no um like warning signs it was just the contractions just started slowly slowly and that was how it began with Joey as well um I still breastfeed Molly who's yeah who was two and a few months at the time of Joey's birth and so um on Friday night I was feeding her in her bed and I felt that first little niggle down in my womb and I like okay this is the beginning um but also just like steadied myself knowing that you know it could be days it could be a very long way yet and so yeah I fed her and then I went to bed and my husband was already asleep and so I left him be um and lay there and and had a few more niggles like over the next few hours and I thought okay well I better get some sleep because in Molly's labor I didn't I got very excited and got up and you know started trying to get things moving which um didn't serve me so well later in the labor so knowing the effort that was ahead of me I managed to get some sleep and then in the morning Nick was getting up early to go to work and so it was then that I said to him like I think I've had a few little contractions overnight so just keep your phone handy um I might bringing you to come home from work and so he was really excited um that he went off to work and so that was a Saturday um and Saturday morning here in Fakatani there's like a little toddler gymnastics class at the local um gym so I quite often take Molly along to that and so I decided that I would that morning and so I was waddling around (laughs) this gymnasium of equipment with you know like 40 toddlers and parents like just running around crazily and I'm trying to follow Molly around having these like little contractions every 10 minutes or so just kind of holding on to something (laughs) and sort of like it wasn't very intense but it was definitely very present yeah and I just sort of was having a chuckle to myself thinking like you know some of these other parents who I know in our community see me coming along like getting more and more pregnant and then you know maybe this is the last time they're gonna see me in this one piece so yeah we were there for like an hour and she had a good a good run around and then um I had I put our dogs in the back of the truck and I decided that I would take them for a run so you can um here locally you can drive along the sand dunes sort of down by the golf um course and I just let the dogs run behind the truck and just sort of drive along on this bumpy kind of sand dune area um so I was thinking oh maybe if I'm you know if I'm bumping along like that'll help things help baby engage on my cervix and and at, at the very least Molly might have a little sleep and I can just listen to some music and kind of get in the zone and so um yeah I drove down there and let the dogs out and 
I was driving along sort of yeah still having these little very like early labor contractions and then all of a sudden I was just there were just dragonflies everywhere like so many of them were just kind of around the car and we're down by the ocean as well so you know we're near water but it was I'd never I'd never seen anything like it like we go there quite often with the dogs and yeah I just knew that dragonflies symbolize like transformation and like the spiritual connection and yeah I just felt I felt that loving energy and I just felt really held and so yeah we continued on with our little drive and then got home and I decided that I would bring Nick to come home um just so that he could be present with Molly and I could kind of get into the zone and set up my space and so he came home around um midday and I was yeah I, I was putting um and I an Ayurvedic rice pudding in the slow cooker um to have as my first meal so with Molly's birth I'd, I'd planned a home birth and I you know I'd done a lot of research about the nourishing food and, and how I wanted to be supported after the birth but when that didn't eventuate and the first meal that I was given in hospital after she was born was like cornflakes and milk and like a terrible like you know hospital standard fruit pudding like it was yeah. I just I was so sad yeah. I felt I just it was just one thing like food is just love you know yeah. especially postpartum yeah. and so I was really um passionate about ensuring that my experience this time would be different so I it's a beautiful recipe that I've made for some of my my mom's my jeweler clients and it's really spiced with lots of um dark sugar and cloves and cinnamon mm. and ghee and like really really slow cooked so it's just this beautiful easy to digest nourishing meal and so I put that on and those those fragrances started to sort of fill the house and had my music going and I was starting to set up um, our little spare room is for the birthing room and make my altar with yeah beautiful tokens that you guys had gifted me at my mother blessing and photos me and my mom and um crystals and candles and things and yeah so it was just a beautiful afternoon things were still like you know pretty like slow it wasn't yeah things hadn't ramped up really significantly but I was at peace with that I sort of understood that my body was aware that Molly was around still and so maybe as night fell things might ramp up um and so yeah I, I pulled all the curtains sort of around 4 30 and just was sort of yeah feeling that pull into my like little cave and um and then it was quite funny actually so the, yeah the curtains were shut and the hose was in the pool it wasn't turned on but it was ready to go and I was yeah moving through early labor and um and then my in-laws turned up and bless them they'd been down in Queenstown for a week for a family wedding that we hadn't attended because of how pregnant I was and so you know quite often they'll pop in through the day or through the week and so we hadn't seen them in that long and yeah they'd just come around for a catch-up and so because the curtains were shut and I was sort of pacing around the place I sort of figured that they might guess that I was an early labor <laughs> but they didn't say anything and I just thought they were too polite and so I opened the curtains and then 
they were cheering about the family wedding and about their trip and then um you know dinner was ready so I asked them if they wanted to stay for dinner and so we all sat down around the table and it was just really funny because Nick would sort of look at me across the table quite concerned my husband um you know like were they all right like how was I managing the contractions and I was sitting there on my yoga birth ball holding onto my wooden comb <laughs> periodically giving it a good squeeze as the contraction would would rise and then fall away and then we'd keep having our dinner and then and then off they went back home after dinner and okay cool none the wiser <laughs> none the wiser um not that we were really clear on that at the time but um yeah so then molly it was time for the bath and then stories and then i said to Nick, okay like i think i'm gonna feed her again and that should ramp things up and then um yeah we'll see how we go from there so mm-hmm. at that point i had rang my mum who lives in hamilton and told her that um i was in labor and that if she wanted to come then that would be great mm-hmm. and we'd also run Sophia um I'd, I'd been messaging her all day my doula just to let her know how I was feeling and and she was more than happy to come down and be with us as whenever I wanted um but I just I just I really at the time feeling into it I just wanted it to be us for mm-hmm. as long as possible mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's because in Molly's labor when the midwives arrived at our home my labor really stalled mm. um you know I, they wouldn't they weren't known to me it was it was you know there was a lot that contributed to that but I think that probably played in my mind a little bit that I didn't want people just to be sitting here watching and waiting mm. um so yeah we, we said to Soph okay yeah come down um and you know it ended up being quite fortunate that we had made those calls because I hopped into bed with Molly and I was feeding her and then my waters broke. Mm. So I was lying down having a contraction and as, you know, many listeners may or may not know, like nipple stimulation connects to your uterus, can help strengthen contractions. And so, yeah, I just felt this pop and this gush Mm. of fluid and I called out to my husband and I said, I think my waters have broken he came running in and turned the light on he's like yeah 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 I have okay cool get up get up I'll, I'll fix things and I was like hang on I'm just <laughs> and having this contraction lying there like just breathing through it and then police Molly was just sitting there like quite stunned um <laughs> yeah as kids sometimes know like when when just to sort of yeah like cool like cool that's a good way of putting it um so nick went to sit sit to remaking molly's bed and yeah with my waters breaking and that pressure cushioning being released my contractions intensified like tenfold um and at that point i was yeah they were strong and um yeah I could feel my body was starting to push as well so that was really exciting um yeah I I didn't have that sensation in Molly's labor I was sort of told to start pushing when I felt like it which you know I'm sort of person that likes to put effort into things and Mm -hmm. so I was like well I feel like it like I Mm want to try and like get things moving and so I was pushing in inverted commas like way before I was would have been ready to in, in Molly's birth, just without 
having clear guidance um, around that. Yeah. So this time to really experience my body actually bearing down mm. was so powerful. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah. So just just in case it wasn't clear for people listening, when you were told um, push when you're ready, mm. you interpreted that as um, in my mind, am I ready? Mm. Rather than as my body doing it. Is my body doing it? Is my body tell it urging me like like yeah. I like I describe it like when you when you are about to vomit yeah and you can't control it you can't stop it your body just takes over and you purge mm. and it's the same with pushing mm. if we wait until our bo- our body will force the baby out yes. <laughs> you know yeah. totally. you can't help but push when your body yeah. is making you do it yeah 100% yeah so I I felt that first urge mm. and um said to Nick okay I'm getting in the pool and he had turned he turned the water on really hot thinking that we had lots of time so he was going to fill it and then just let it cool and so there wasn't that much water in there and he's like it's not ready and I'm like well I don't care I'm getting it anyway so I sat down in just a few inches of water scalding hot <laughs> um but it was just instant relief just to be mm-hmm. in there um which was interesting for me as well because I I think I shared about this on previous podcasts but I was really into minds about whether to hire a pool or not um I had a pool during Molly's birth but again I think I was encouraged to get in earlier than I I you know didn't have that same compulsion to be like Mm -hmm. I need to be in the water Mm -hmm. and so I think I hopped in and then the water kind of got cool and that contributed to my labor sort of slowing so I was quite mindful of that this time I was like oh I don't want that to happen again but then I sort of landed on thinking well I'm birthing at home I have limited comfort measures available to me so if having a pool is going to support my birth then it's a great idea mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that I did and um yeah it was it was awesome was it continuing to fill presumably yes. when you're in there right yes it was yeah so um yeah I'm in the pool I was quite vocal with my contractions at this point Nick had remade Molly's bed but she was wide awake you know oh my gosh the baby's coming like it's really yeah it was really cool that she was present for for these these minutes um her and Nick were fetching me cold flannels and she would pass them to me between contractions and yeah and then Sophia arrived um somewhere in amongst that and we've got some beautiful photos of Molly and Nick beside the pool with me in there and Molly looking really wide-eyed um but yeah not scared just like really taking it all in mm. um so I'm so grateful to have those to look back on when she's mm. older and we can talk about it more mm. um so when Soph arrived Nick took Molly off to bed so by the stage it was you know after nine she was buggered um and actually fell asleep in his arms on the way to her room which never happens like Mm. if you know my daughter she's like a night owl so Mm. it really just worked out so perfectly that she was present for a portion well the whole day but a portion of that act of labor and then went to bed very quickly and easily and so then Nick was very soon back beside me at the pool and I 
remember thinking like oh my gosh she's gone to sleep like yeah. I didn't expect that um yeah so then it was just us and the contractions were coming hard and fast and my body was bearing down and I was on my hands and knees and then I just felt like I just needed a moment to kind of steal myself before the you know before finishing it off before the final event of Joey being born so I sort of sat back um on my bum and and just kind of went really deep um inside of yeah inside my head and I was just talking to myself you know and and in these moments I through the whole labor as soon as the contraction started for the whole day there was no fear never once was there ever a thought of like oh holy crap I'm about to do this like I'm about to free birth mm. you know am I sure I want to do this it was none of that was it just didn't even occur to me mm. I was just like cool this is happening we're having this baby and so those moments and then I'm just describing when I I sort of paused my labor a little bit was just kind of gathering that final strength that I needed to to walk through those last few minutes of that um and so yeah I sort of sat back for a few contractions that lessened in intensity and then I leaned forward again back on my hands and knees I was facing away from Nick and Sophia and yeah then you know it was all on like time is it's so non-linear when you're in labor mm. but yeah I, my body was pushing I was pushing with my body and my internal dialogue was just like you're doing this you know you're so strong you're so amazing like it was really grounded and I remember at the time having an awareness of that and being really proud of myself that I was experiencing this intensity but really coaching myself through um and being really beautifully held by by Nick and Soph as well of course so then yeah Joey started crowning and gosh that was intense mm-hmm. <laughs> again not I didn't have that experience with Molly um they I was given like local anesthetic for an episiotomy so I didn't experience that sharpness yeah. yeah um so that sort of took me by surprise a little bit and I think my previously low <laughs> low vocalizations um yeah got a, a little screamy for, <laughs> for a few yeah. for a little bit there um, yeah <laughs> yeah and and then yeah you know like you're like he's crowning and you're feeling I was feeling myself stretch I was just thinking, wow, this is just so amazing. And so I reached my hand down and just feeling his little soft head and feeling mm-hmm. his hair and and just knowing I was the first person to put my hands on him was just really, really beautiful for me. Um, really healing after Molly was pulled out by Vontos. Um Yeah, so just like holding his head, but then also <laughs> in my I thought to myself like, oh, you know his head must be out surely and then reaching down and just feeling like no yeah. my labia is just slightly part of like <laughs> yes. there's quite a lot still to come <laughs> and then it was funny to yeah talk to Sophia after he was born she was sort of watching this happen and thinking to herself oh dear like you know you're about to have a little reality check of where you're actually yeah. at yeah. but 
I wasn't disheartened. I was just really in awe of the sensations in my body. Um, so, yeah, breathing and pushing, going with my body. Um, and then, yeah, soap's guidance just to say, okay, like, you know, just give a little bit more until its head was completely out. And then that totally surreal pause when the head is, his head was out, his body is still inside of mine. There's that lull for a little second between the contractions and you're just kind of like, holy cow, what is going on? Um, and then, yeah, the next contraction, he shot out into the water. And so I sat back and just swept my arm through the water to find his little body and pulled him up, um, laying like across my forearm um, and felt between his legs and said that he was a boy. And it was just so beautiful to be the one to discover that and connect with that. And yeah, we had his name. Um, yeah, it's it was funny. We let, we had our boy name and we had a girl name too, but in the weeks leading up to his birth, we just both kind of sensed him that it wasn't going to be a girl. So it, it was beautiful to have that validation again and mm. our intuitive knowings there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he was born and it was just so beautiful so healing and just so like simple it was just birth it just happened and there was we were just able to celebrate and and love on each other and love on him and he cried straight away which I was so grateful for um yeah and to have so there to capture all those moments it's just mm. something I'll treasure forever mm. to look back at those pictures mm. yeah mm. oh so lovely hearing this again and it's it's causing me to reflect on my own um birth experiences and I love what you said about the kind of the extraordinariness of it but the ordinariness of it you mm. know there is that kind of paradox right like it is extraordinary we get taken to such a like a potent space in our mm. energetic and physical and emotional being um and yet it's also so ordinary every single person that has ever walked this planet has been born you know mm. and and it's like so uh, yeah it reminds me of a line in my book from one of the birth stories where she says um she says in our house we cook the meals and we clean the floors and we birth our babies <laughs> yeah you know yeah that's it and I just get to look at the room where he was born every day and sit in there it's my like office slash the spare room and just tap into the potency of what happened there yeah but it's also just a normal room yeah where I you know do work and guests stay and you know extra toys get stored or whatever like yeah. it's just yeah having a having babies at home is just so beautiful it's something I'm so passionate about mm. yeah mm. yes 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 <laughs> oh wow that's so cool um yeah do you want to talk at all about 
what happened after in terms of the birth of the placenta yeah. i'm wondering when your mum turned up yeah so how molly was the next morning yeah yeah um yeah so joey was born and his cord was really short it's funny there's a few videos of these minutes and i keep repeating it over and over because i couldn't really hold him well i i could hold him to my breast but the cord was pulling right through the front of my vagina and mm. i had actually torn which i didn't realize at the time but you know it was sore and sensitive and so mm. it was a little bit uncomfortable um so yeah i was just in the water just marveling at him and then about 10 minutes after he was born my mum arrived and so nick went outside and said come and meet your grandson mm -hmm. and it was just so cool for her to come in really like perfect timing and um she was just over the moon um and yeah so i hopped out and was just waiting for the placenta um i had some tinctures which had i'd used through my labor some of them and i'd used some homeopathics as well um but yeah i i took a tincture to help support the release of the placenta um and then just went and sat on the toilet in the quiet and Nick brought in a candle from my altar which felt really nice like you know sacred yeah just sitting on the toilet yeah um just me and joey was still obviously connected to his placenta and so i just sat there for a while and yeah just kind of marinated in what had just happened yeah um and yeah so then the placenta was birthed like quite soon after and then came out to a little nest on the couch that they'd made for me and Nick fed me some of my rice pudding and um, had heated up some like organic chicken broth that I make um, and yeah I just had this beautiful nourishing food and we were just sitting there just marveling um, Nick rang his parents and said oh you've got a grandson and they were just so blown away they were like what like we were just at your house having dinner and it's like yeah bella was in labor didn't you realize and they had no clue they, they <laughs> um they just said oh we just thought that you know she was really organized as per usual you know having everything all set up ready to go so um nick's mum came and joined us and so we just sat around with the two grandmothers and little joey and um yeah i just you know i got to hold him for as long as i wanted feed him and then we weighed him and measured him which was really cool to do that ourselves just when we were ready um yeah just to, just one more thing to take ownership of mm. um what about the the you said before that you had a tear yeah so I didn't actually realize that I'd torn until a few days after his birth. Mm -hmm. um, once, because I think some of the swelling had gone down, and then I realized that I was still a bit tender. So I, yeah, just had a look in the little handheld mirror and realized that I had torn um, both at the top um, and at the bottom. Um, and so this. I'm glad that you asked about it because I think it's really important for me to speak to. I haven't shared much about it, um, but 
you know, to go through this whole journey of wild pregnancy and free birth and have this strength of conviction and trust in my body, when faced with having torn, I was really challenged by what to do about it. Um, yeah. Just not like I didn't have any knowledge about, you know, different degrees of tears, visually what that looks mm-hmm. like. Um, not that much knowledge really about, um, like, yeah, how how serious adverse outcomes could be from, mm-hmm. from if I just left it kind of thing. So I was just, and also just being in that really tender, fresh postpartum space. I think, I, I mean, I certainly experienced, I did with Molly and I did again after Joe, despite his birth being so beautiful, just a lot of self-doubt and just felt really vulnerable tender mm, mm. and so it was really challenging for me to figure out what to do about it because I desperately did not want to go to the hospital mm. I didn't want to have to go up there and explain what I'd done mm. and just be subject to judgment spoken or otherwise like mm. energetically you know mm. just mm. I just wanted to be at home in my little bubble and rest mm. and so I had a little like birth cart set up with a whole lot of supplies and things for just in case. And so I had some beautiful yoni steaming, steaming herbs mm-hmm. um, and my stool. Um, and I had some really high strength nuka honey and I had some other homeopathic like um, antiseptic different things. And mm-hmm. so I just decided, no, I, I trusted my body to grow and birth my baby. Like, I'm going to trust my yoni to stitch herself back together. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I've I, read and I know that, you know, a natural tear will heal better than a surgical cut. Mm-hmm. And I was given an episiotomy during Molly's birth and healed from that fine. So why can't I do this? Yeah. Um, and so I steamed and I applied the honey and I made sure to, you know, really regularly change my pads and keep things like really clean and and yeah over the next couple of weeks everything healed up fine and when I went for my pelvic floor like assessment Mm -hmm. um a few months ago yeah I told her all about it and she confirmed that everything was sweet that it healed perfectly and there was no issue at Mm -hmm. all so Mm -hmm. I I I think it's probably important for me to say that like I I assessed the degree of tear on my perineum you know relative to what I knew my perineum to look like previously so if my tear had have gone you know right through my perineum close to my anus I know that I would have needed stitches yeah but from my assessment I'd only torn maybe like a centimeter of my perineum it Mm. was more um internal Mm. and so I decided that you know that warm wet environment was perfect environment for healing Mm. and if I just you know kept my legs together and didn't place additional strain on my body by you know trying to go for a run or something then Mm. you know then it would be fine and so it was it was well nourished as well yeah yeah Um, yeah just that important reminder to to stay in bed or on the couch and Mm. be cared for and tended and take things really really slow yeah, I had a um, what we'd call it like a second degree tear with my first baby, uh, who was born at home, 
and um, and I chose not to have that sutured. Um, I knew I'd be well looked after, that I wasn't going to be walking up and down steps and, you know, um, yeah, cooking meals or tending to <laughs> um, other sorts of needs that I would just be able to rest and, um, and yeah, healed up fine, mm-hmm. no problem. It did heal. Uh, so mine was at the, at the, yeah, through my perineum, so the, the lowest part of my vagina. And um, when it healed, it healed apart mm. um, a little bit. So my perineum was a sort of shorter, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, the body, I mean, we only need to think about what happens when we, like, cut ourselves with a knife in the kitchen mm. or something, that our bodies are designed to know how to heal themselves. And, um, and yeah, I think it sounds like you were really wise and in tune with um, how you managed that. I mean, if you kind of had uncontrollable bleeding or pain mm. that was excessive yes. or, you know. Um, yeah. you, you know if something yeah. is, is, yeah, not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was struck by how many stories were loud in my head through those, yeah. those days and weeks. Um, I'm interested about you saying that um, you experienced this self-doubt. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's, I'm used to hearing the stories of people who after, after that, you know, usually they're initially they've had a traumatic birth, so they know that, that self-doubt incredibly well, but then when they've had a, a, a really empowering next birth experience that's the thing that's really different is mm. that they feel so confident mm. and this overwhelming sense of self-trust mm. um and so yeah like I don't know if there's anything you can add to that as to your understanding of where that where yeah, that came up or... I honestly I I I couldn't tell you why because I yeah it's it wasn't just around like the tear I my first couple of weeks after Joey was born emotionally was really tumultuous like Mm -hmm. I was really struck by deep grief and deep rage and just a lot Mm -hmm. and then was having this experience of perhaps I had an expectation that that wouldn't be my experience because right you know like I thought oh I'm gonna have this empowering beautiful free birth and I'm just gonna be on cloud nine for months I'm gonna just be buzzing about it right but that wasn't my experience at all I was just plunged into the collective abyss of every violation that has happened to any woman in birth forever like it was just so powerful and so overwhelming and then I felt like I was having this, I felt really like alone in this experience. I just felt so struck by this. But then, you know, even though I had my beautiful family around me supporting me, that I just felt like they couldn't understand mm. what I was going through in this mm. way. And then I was thinking to myself, why am I feeling like this? I just had this beautiful birth. Mm. And so I just, yeah, I just really had to let go of my expectations that I would feel wonderful and and just kind of sit with what was present for me and 
yeah just ask for the space that I needed for that like to say to my family like you know can you please take Molly out and mm-hmm. go and love on her and I can just be home and have some space to journal mm-hmm. while Joey sleeps and just to sort of unpack what's going on for me right now I wonder if it was because you had the birth experience that you had that you experienced that mm-hmm. degree of of grief mm-hmm. it's like you you now know what birth can and should be for the entirety of you know the birthing world and you were denied that mm-hmm. and your daughter was denied that mm-hmm. um with your first birth mm-hmm. and and you know only too well in in this in your birth worker role that um this is the experience of so many people of yeah. the vast vast majority of birthing yeah. people in our current culture yeah. being denied this like extraordinary rite of passage there's such a tr- you know potent transformation yeah. that goes on and and just the sacredness of it not yeah. being honored and yeah. the sacredness of our babies like yeah. you know joey just felt so immeasurably special to me and just to know that his you know his birth his transition to earth was as gentle as it could possibly have been and he was honored in every way yeah I just I you know I just felt so sad mm. for every baby and every woman and every family that doesn't get to experience that and then the ripple effects of birth trauma into our communities mm. um into the psyche and the development of of mothers and families and babies and it's just mm. so massive and I just don't think it gets enough airtime. like it's beyond just oppression of the feminine or not no reverence for the sanctity of it it's just like it's just so massive yeah yeah and so I think at that time as well I I've just felt really jaded Mm -hmm. by my efforts in the birth world as well I I had to really go through this you know experience over a few weeks or months of just being like you know what is you know what is my little drop in the ocean I you know I just had to sit with that for a bit um and then just let that move through me and just come back to the place of knowing that my efforts are you know are, are worthy and they do contribute in, in a small way and that's enough and then together all of us you know we create that that massive tidal wave and so I think through conversations with you and some other birth worker sisters I was I was supported and and seen and validated in my feelings but also just kind of um buoyed along a little bit Mm. just to know that like this will pass and you know you'll Mm. find your fire again Mm. yeah yeah thanks for sharing that yeah oh just don't 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 doubt doubt how powerful just just the shared story alone is let alone the other um amazing elements of birth work that you do Bella you know but just the shared story Mm -hmm. has such 
such power behind it and has such ripple effects you know that do cause a tidal wave mm -hmm. and i'm i'm convinced that we are in a period of important and great revolution mm -hmm. um when it comes to birth i agree i think something that i took from that experience postpartum was i like just a real deep empathy for all birth workers and midwives who experience this all the time you know mm. just feeling of powerlessness at the hands of the system that they're mm. forced to work within you know mm. and I just really you know just had moments of deep deep compassion for those experiences just in, mm. with a depth that I don't think I had previously yeah. without having moved through my own moment of just what the heck is the point you know yeah yeah but to come out the other side and and to be reminded you know that we're all here for a reason and we do we we do all matter yes. um yeah i think that was is a really powerful learning for me to take forward in my birth work journey mm. Mm. absolutely is there anything you'd like to share about your postpartum journey it's four months down the track and um yeah I felt like you did you did some good important work around setting yourself up um mm -hmm. in terms of developing a bit of a community of support around you for your postpartum to be what it yeah it needed mm -hmm. to be really um yeah yeah I think that um yeah cultivating community is something that's really important to me and so even prior to my pregnancy with joey since moving here to the eastern bay only a few years ago you know i didn't know anyone apart from my husband so building friendships and and nurturing those through our motherhood journeys alongside each other and just supporting people in my sphere when they needed it with meals and and whatever else that i could offer um I think that yeah, it's something that I think maybe needs to be more widely addressed is like you don't just community doesn't just appear around you when you're postpartum like it is something that takes time and effort and it's reciprocal mm. and so I I wanted to support the people in my life where I could with what I could and then I I knew that that would be reciprocated mm -hmm. to whichever degree whoever you know was able mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. um so as I said about you know before food is just such medicine so I did really make a big effort to fill my freezer mm -hmm. um with dinners in the months leading up to Joey's birth and that served us so well um my husband was blessed to have a month off work for paternity leave and so um he would cook um, and then we would be blessed with meals from friends delivered and then really that whole freezer stash was kept until he went back to work and so all I had to do was pull something out maybe put some rice on or some potatoes and that was really really supportive while I just got my bearings on being a mum of two everything that was required to take over with the other household jobs that don't stop mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we also prioritized um, investing in like, someone to help us with some cleaning in the house for the first few months. 
yeah. which was really nice just to have someone else scrub my shower for yeah. a few weeks yeah. um again while I just sort of got everything else under my belt and then um yeah I just really for the first six weeks I tried to be really strict with myself um to not leave the house very much mm. didn't I sort of would decline social things um I welcomed like visitors if that you know every few days if someone wanted to come and meet Joey and see us but I just really tried to take that first weeks as slow as I possibly could mm. and then I found that by the time I hit the 12 week mark and I had been out and about a little bit more I was really like I feel really energized like mm. I feel like now four months truly you know you see it on all the different posts and things that go around on Instagram like you know the first 40 days and really really take it slow and it will serve you down the track it truly does mm. it truly does just taking that time to let your body heal from this huge experience um just to tend to be slow to take that time while you know you can you can't get away with it mm. I've said a baby no I'm sorry I'm not coming like mm -hmm. I'm just to keep it close to the house for the moment most people understand um and so that was big and I yeah as I said I think it served me well beautiful I want to um share that last week you had you had a terrible migraine for a few days and we were talking about this when I arrived today and you said that yeah, you. I mean, on the podcast, you talked about um, investing in, in chiropractic care during the pregnancy and how beautifully that served you. And then when you were talking about your migraine, um, you said the thing that helped a three-day-long migraine was to go and get a chiropractic treatment. Mm. And that was a big turning point for you. Mm. And that the chiropractor was like, oh, my goodness, no wonder. You know, like mm. there's just so much tension in your neck and shoulders from all your breastfeeding. And, feeding your girl as well and um and you said to me that you you know you hadn't kind of budgeted it was like right postpartum I can go without mm. the the chiropractic care um but I, I kind of you know it, it sort of felt like a, a like a a reminder a message mm. right like mm. no definitely. actually <laughs> this is still a priority yeah yeah, yeah. I'm still postpartum, you know, we're still postpartum years and years and years after our baby's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a, well, it was a really good reminder, actually. Like, you know, I was, I was so in so much pain and yeah, had so much tension. Um, and it's just, yeah, just that reminder to be like, okay, I'm still giving so much to yes. my children and yes. to my family, breastfeeding through the night, co sleeping. Our toddler still wakes through the night as well. My husband works 12-hour days. Like, you know, I'm giving a lot to yep. keep this ship running. Yep. So, you know, yeah, who's giving to me? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And, yeah. and I truly have found chiropractic to be so supportive. Yeah. Um, and I endlessly nerd out on the research around it having come from, like, a psychology background with interest in neuroscience and understanding, like, the chiropractic lens on the nervous system and how it's just I say to my chiropractor all the time you know you're so amazing and she said no our bodies are amazing mm -hmm. I'm just 
supporting your body to do what it's meant to do and to heal itself and um yeah I I encourage anyone (laughs) to check out chiropractic if it's not something you have tried before awesome yeah yeah Yeah. is there anything that if you reflect on your pregnancy birthing postpartum journey that stands out when I say is there anything that you would like to have done differently anything that you like yeah I didn't like the way I dealt with that or perhaps it would have been better for me to have done Mm. with this or Mm. um I think two things come to mind one with regards to postpartum I think you know if I'm blessed to do this again one day I will deepen even further into the rest and the not doing um you know it's hard to have a two-year-old and a a newborn baby um and my family don't live locally so you know there there was some elements to my postpartum where I just had to you just have to get on with things and so I think if there is a next time then I would want to try and have some just more support like mm-hmm. how can I deepen into this even more mm-hmm. in a restful way um and then the other thing that comes to mind is um just the experience of of birthing the placenta mm-hmm. I think if I get to do that again like I I will want to to slow that process down again as well um there was no reverence around the the birth of Molly's placenta it was pulled from me I was given the Sinto shot and you know it was just terrible and so it was something that I really wanted to honor um in Joey's birth and and I did so but I think because of the timing of mum arriving just after he'd been born there was a sort of interruption in that birthy energy that you know the oxytocin mm-hmm. or just like I don't know that zenness, and I think if I do get to birth again, um, I just want to keep the environment just really quiet and and still until the placenta is ready to come by itself. Um, mm. As if it's you know another baby, like it's the DNA twin of of our actual baby. So let's mm. you know how can I just further have reverence around that process have you um done anything with joey's placenta yet no not yet but it is it's on my radar um yeah we we named him one of his middle names is maire which is a um the name of a native new zealand tree it's a hard wood um but it's not a big tree. So there's a um, kakatoki that my husband really loves around. Um, the mighty was used to split the kodi to then be held out for, for waka. Mm-hmm. And so um, just a, a kakatoki around being small but mighty. And so mm-hmm. we would like to purchase a mighty tree to plant over his placenta. Um, so, yeah, we need to... To follow that up and and do that um but i think we've realized that 
where we are now this land is not where we're always going to be so mm. it's just about deciding whether we maybe plant that in a pot to bring with us to our future rural property where we can put it in the ground there or or just deciding actually no he was born here mm. at this property so mm. maybe it will feel right to us to leave this person to here mm. but we're just still feeling into that yeah no hurry Mm. you're not consuming any of his placenta no no it's it's funny how um yeah our opinions and perspectives can change over mm. time like radically so um mm. when I was pregnant with Molly I was really passionate that I was gonna consume her placenta in smoothies and then this time it just didn't feel like the right thing to do mm. so yeah I'm all for making the choice that feels most aligned and, and being flexible enough to do things differently than I did before so I think if there's any message that you know we received as um listeners <laughs> on your journey it's it's exactly that you know like that the power of being really in tune with the wisdom that's already there mm um and yeah letting that be your guide mm. rather than preconceived notions of totally yeah we do the best that we can with what we know and when yeah. we know something different then we can make a different choice and I just I so agree with that just being open and flexible mm. and doing what feels right yeah mm. Oh, let's finish this there. This has been, yeah, such a treat. Oh my goodness. Makes me want to have another baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grandchildren. Yeah. 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 Thank you for letting me share my story. Um yeah, it still kind of blows me away that people were interested and want to listen. But yeah, I hope that there's been food for thought and yeah. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if um if anybody who's listening has any questions mm -hmm. that they want to send through to me. Um, yeah. I could put them past you. We could do oh, I'm always get together down the track. Yeah. Like your episodes have been um like the what the most listened to you know in the top kind of five of the most listened to episodes that I've done mm. so far so there's definitely interest there's definitely appeal um and I suppose there's, yeah. not, there's not a lot of people that talk about this right like yeah I, even I found it difficult to connect with a a, a large group of women who have free birth in New Zealand mm. like it's really hard I think people tend to keep their journeys quite private for fear mm. of judgment or prosecution or whatever the case may be um yeah because I should say as well like the process of registering Joey was really challenging being that I hadn't seen a medical professional at all during my pregnancy um we had to have a lot of documents verified by a lot of different people to confirm yes I was pregnant and yes I did have a baby and you know no we're not committing identity fraud so 
it's not an easy path logistically. It's not something you really think about, is it? When you no. start to think outside the system. Yeah, but I thought I would just say that to say that, yeah. you know, if anyone does have any questions, like my DMs are always open and I would love to provide support to people who are on their own pre-birth journey. Like mm-hmm. it can be pretty lonely. And I've been blessed, as I've said, to be connected in with you and this beautiful group of birth workers who have been able to support me when I've needed it along the way. But I know that not everyone is so lucky. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think the free birth community in New Zealand is um, a little less um, alive, uh, probably because in New Zealand, unlike in other parts of the world, um, we mostly have the option to birth at home with a midwife. And... Um, and some of those midwives are actual home birth midwives. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean have you know have mm-hmm. a true appreciation and understanding for how to protect um, birthing physiology and hold reverence for that. Um, mm-hmm. So, so there, and especially in the past, hasn't been as much of a need. I don't mm-hmm. think for the option of free birth, but. Um, with the scarcity of midwives and the growing medicalization of birth and the, um, it, yeah, it's almost like Closing it's becoming extinct, these these midwives who, um, who know and understand and are able, feel able to support um, mm. birth in the way that we need to be supported throughout our pregnancies and births and postpartum you know if you're if you're playing that role midwife it's, mm. it requires a lot more than you get paid for or mm. supported to you know do in this current climate so so yeah um I think we do have a a, a small but growing um community of, of mm. free birthing families and that's really beautiful that um offer of yours to you know mm. for people to message you um yeah yeah. amazing thank you so much bella it's been just amazing Mm -hmm. beautiful thank you so much love thank you for listening to this episode of the healing birth podcast if you like what you heard please spread the love by sharing this podcast with others or if you'd like to connect with me you can get hold of me via instagram at healing.birth and through my website, healingbirth.co.nz. I'd love to hear from you, whether that's so you can share feedback or suggestions, or because you're potentially interested in working or training together. Let's do it. Aroha nui, you beautiful people.